Welcome back to the show, everybody. I'm Gina. And I'm Evo. Happy Friday, Evo. Happy Friday, Gina. Are you happy today? I'm happy all the time. Even when I'm... No, you're not. <laughs> well, you know, I like to think that, you know, when I'm not happy, I remind myself about certain, you know, moments in my life when shit was a lot worse and I immediately get happy. So... Mm. I think you just led with that because I asked you if you were happy because I know that there's many times that you're not happy. And it's interesting that you just like off the bat said that you're happy because what we're talking about, I feel like there is an essence of this topic where I can tell when you're not happy. Well, when I say I'm when I say I'm always happy, generally speaking, anybody who sees me won't know that, you know, I'm going through anything. So even when I'm not happy, I'm going to portray an image that I am happy because it's really nobody's business. I don't really need to walk around with a face and, you know, what, like, you know, showing that there's something going on with me because what that's going to lead to a discussion with somebody who I don't really want to have. So I think anybody who really knows you, though, can tell when you're not in, in a good mood, especially me. Yeah. Well, outside of that. So when you ask me, am I happy to all our viewers? Of course, I'm happy. Hmm, that's interesting that you say that. Overall, I'm I'm very happy. Uh, uh, <laughs> I would just like to say it's a I mean, it's listen, a something that I, I actively work on. I think we all got something to complain about, but in the end, you know, like who the fuck who gives a shit? Like, I care. No, Gina, I understand that we're supposed to like care about each other's feelings, yeah. you know. But outside of that, yes, I mean, you know, we can vent and you know, there's getting things off your chest. But I don't know. I've always had the same. You know, I've always said that like. Um, you know, I'm, I don't, I'm not really having any problems because if I did complain about it, nobody would care. Mm. You know, people listen, but I mean, do they really care uh, to the point where they're gonna, you know, help you do something about it? That's a slim chance. Okay, I disagree, but we're, let's not get into that. So, <laughs> welcome to this episode, which we are calling Mental Mayhem, where you can learn how to deal with inner conflict and free yourself of it. And the reason why I said that, I felt like I can tell when you're not happy because one of the inner conflicts that we're going to be discussing today is something that evil struggles with mm. that will in turn put him in a mood that I guess maybe is only really visible to me or people who really know him and love him and can sense that there's something going on with him. So let's get into it. Uh, I wanted to share a little bit of an inner conflict that I am personally having and have had for quite a bit of time. And it's an ongoing progression for me of how to find myself healing and finding myself free of this. So my internal conflict is a love conflict. And it's because I love my mother, but I can't have a relationship with her. Mm. So there is this consistent pain that I'm dealing with that puts me in a really dark place at times. And I just wanted to share yesterday I was on the train coming back from the city and the lady that sat next to me looked a lot like my mother. And she also had a suitcase and my mom used to work for the airlines and she used to sometimes travel with like a small suitcase because she was a flight attendant and she used to have to pack. Sometimes they would have um, layovers mm -hmm. and it was super triggering for me mm -hmm. and not many people know what my mother looks like but she kind of had like that goldish blondish hair that my mother likes to dye yeah. and it was like the same kind of length and she was like about probably the same type of age 
it was like a weird moment for me because she sat right next to me and she was getting off at Newark Airport. So you were just having all types of flashbacks. Yeah. So there's a lot of times that I have these experiences that I I dip back down into this dark place and it's an inner conflict that I'm constantly dealing with, especially around the times of like holidays. It's really triggering for me too when I'm sick and there's like an imbalance in our house. One of us is like, you know unable to do certain things so then more of it comes on to you and then those are the moments I think about I would love if there was like a parent that could come over and help and like lend a hand so that's my inner conflict and how I'm learning to heal and deal with it and I actually don't want to say deal with it I want to say learn how to be free of it because it's always going to be part of my life, but I don't want to have those moments where something like a woman sitting next to me on the train becomes triggering. I've been doing a lot of soul searching and I've been reading quite a fit, quite a few books that uh, have taught me how to be more self-aware about my own personal feelings and what those mean to me, which have been super helpful. So it allows me sometimes, not all the times, when I'm feeling away, how to pull myself out of it. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not perfect at it yet. And that's why I say that it's an ongoing journey for me. Because there's moments where I really just, I dwell in it. And I have to reflect. And one of the books that I would love to recommend is, it's called The Way to Love. And it teaches you how to love in many different aspects. And one of them is how to love yourself once you've gone through particular types of trauma. And that book has been really helpful for me. And I actually bought the version that's a, like a pocket size. So I carry it with me when I'm traveling or if I'm on the train. So I could just read because the uh, chapters are very small and very digestible. Mm-hmm. So I highly recommend that book. And it's actually written by a Jesuit priest. And it's very interesting the way that the author writes the book. It's because he writes it from a very non-biased standpoint, even though he puts in little pockets of stories that come from religion but it never feels like he is putting in those stories to make you feel like what you're doing in life is wrong it's just to show you that there is a lesson to be learned by something that has happened in the bible which i always looked at the bible as kind of like a history book per se Mm -hmm. so a lot of the lessons are really helpful for me and since i said that they were very digestible it's easy for me to remember them so to pull me out of those things And um, I made this really weird correlation, which was I feel like I'm in a in a uh, in a 12 step program because my mother was um, a drug addict and she had to go to N.A. and she went to N.A. several times. And I know that in N.A. they do like this 12 step program. And I feel like I'm in my own 12 step program because I'm trying. There are different parts of how I'm finding ways for me to heal and something that I thought about that came to me, which was the serenity prayer, because I remember that being a really big aspect of the 12 step yeah. program. And it goes, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. So from a lot of the reading and soul searching that I've done, I am actively trying to do that, really trying to control the controllables and let go of the things that are not serving me. And to be able to know the difference. So that is my inner conflict. Hmm, that's interesting. I was, you know, I had a, I, I was thinking about what you were saying. And 
at first, I, you know, I started wondering, like, okay, well, you know, what are you doing to deal with this? But you already answered that, mm. you know. So I guess what I would like to know is what do you feel like that you can do to better improve your methods at this point that you feel like will help you better deal with those things in the future in a way where it doesn't cause uh, as much as a conflict that is, is, as it is now? Do you feel like just continuing on this 12-step program that you're, you know, quote unquote, mm-hmm. putting yourself through is that, mm-hmm. or do you feel like that there's something that you that you heard about that you're looking to maybe practice or implement that you haven't done yet, or mm-hmm. you just you're, are you in that space now? That's actually a really good question. And as you ask me that, I think the first thing that pops into my mind is to remain active. And what I mean by remaining active is. To actively remain consistent in this journey. So there cannot be a point where I think I'm okay. That I have fixed myself whole. I think that it's important for me to constantly seek knowledge about how to better go about my life and my journey when it comes to trauma. Because... One thing I can tell you is is that there are moments where I feel like I'm doing really well and then a smell, a sound, uh, something just as small as that pops a memory back into me that sometimes I may have forgotten about. And I know that that's probably going to happen for the rest of my life. So if I remain vigilant and active in my journey of healing and freeing myself of the pain, because that's really what I'm trying to do. I'm really trying mm-hmm. to let go of the pain and find what is really the better part of that and the good things that came out of the experience that I have, even though when you're in a trauma healing process, it's really hard to focus on those things. So if I remain active, I will be able to do it. And there was a recent podcast that I just listened to where someone had the same type of experience as me and they said the same thing. And that person was Kevin Hart. When he talked about how his father was in and out of jail, his father was a drug addict and how he was able to find the good in his father and it was through the relationship that his father was trying to make with his children. So he focused on that versus the past pain mm-hmm. and he found the good in it. So I'm I'm still on that journey. So but remaining active I think is my answer to you and making sure that I never think that I'm 100% okay. It's almost like as an artist and if an artist is an artist is always learning great answer thanks you well, said that and i was <laughs> you said that and i thought about um what tv show is that when they're like good answer good answer oh, oh it's a uh, um with steve harvey yeah uh um, family feud family feud yes <laughs> thanks. thing is that on the board <laughs> yes it is um all right well i think that there's a a fucking boatload of you know, these toxic traits that people can have. And particularly myself, I have three that I kind of want to discuss about Mm -hmm. me and about you. Yeah. Oh, you have three for yourself. Yeah. I mean, these are three that I identify the most with. I think that, you know, you were that, you know, you kind of just went into what your most triggering one Mm was. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you touched on a little bit about how I have one. Yes. That's very triggering. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because you said three. So I was like, 
I was a little confused by. Well, I mean, there, yeah, there's there's three that I kind of like would like to talk about, but mm -hmm. I mean, uh, first and foremost, I'd like to address the one that you brought up a little earlier. Oh, okay. And uh, I am, man, I have got to say that the one thing that I've struggled the most in dealing with is um, what's called futurism, mm. and that's basically constantly living well for me it was constantly living in the future constantly thinking about what the future held and what i was doing to prepare myself for the future which always kept me in a state of uh, uncertainty and it always i was always walking around with some type of anxiety because i felt like that i had this I had this uh, this vision of what the future was supposed to look like for me, mm. and because I wasn't because on a daily basis I was working towards that goal. Obviously, I wasn't where I wanted to be. So every day that I wasn't there, because I was mentally always there and envisioning this thing, but every day I was living my life not there. It created this level of like anxiety and not doing what it is that I'm supposed to be doing because mentally. I was somewhere else, but my body was living in a different space. Mm. So I had this separation of mind and body on a regular basis, and it was driving me nuts. And I didn't, I was totally unaware of it. I was so obsessed with the future and what, what, what my life would look like 10, 15 years down the road that, um, which, I mean, I think it's normal for people to think about those things, right? But I was doing it obsessively. It was on, on a daily basis. I was, what can I do today so that I can secure this thing in the future that I'm looking to obtain? So can I ask you, what are the things that you are consistently focusing on for the future? Are there, like, are there certain aspects that you're trying to put into play for the future that you're consistently focusing on? Yeah, focusing I mean, on, or is it just like an array of shit? I think, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a... It's a small handful of things, mainly, um, you know, financial freedom, retirement, mm. um, assets, you know, that have been that I have built over the years that I can pass down to my family, mm. you know, things like that, that as the years go on, uh, it just becomes more and more of a weight because, you know, it's like it's a target that I'm trying to hit. And, you know, throughout the years or throughout the, the months or the weeks, you know, you have setbacks and things that kind of derail you. And it just sometimes you look at that goal and it just seems further and further away. Or you may have passed, like a year may have passed and you're not as close to it as you thought you might have been. And that in itself may cause a, um, a level of anxiety and, and, and suspense. And it also kind of like makes you feel like a, like almost like a failure in a way because you're not on track like you thought you were going to be. And so I had a really tough time with that. And I had a tough time dealing with that for years. And it stemmed for me, it stemmed from um, it stemmed from a business that I once had with my brother and my father. Mm -hmm. And we were in that business for many years. And at some point, the business started to fade. And it was kind of like the, you know, like the captain who saw the um, saw the iceberg and the Titanic. And obviously for him, you know, he saw danger ahead, but all of the passengers on board didn't. And so he's all of his moves that he's making, he's making them trying to 
avoid the inevitable that he can see ahead. Mm. But yet he's his mind is in the you know like they're going head, you know head on collision with this rock. And so I was kind of in that space for a long time when I I could see the the business kind of starting to take a downfall in a way that nobody else could. So every day that I went to work, I'm sitting there trying to avoid what I can see is the inevitable and on a day-to-day basis we're doing everything we can at work to try to avoid that and throughout time it just didn't end up working. And so I spent this I, I don't even know how much how much time I spent, you know, day in and day out coming to work every day thinking about 3 4 five, six, seven, eight, nine months in advance. Mm. And um, that caused this 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 time period in my life where I was mentally in another place, but living, my body was living on a day-to-day and I w- there was this separation that happened. So once, you know, we, sh- we shut down the business, that mindset stayed with me. Mm. And so a lot of the things that I did moving forward, I had that, I, I developed this mindset that I didn't even realize I did, and it was causing me to live in this state of anxiety. So what I... Oh, I'm sorry. I. It sounds like you were going to say, so what I did. Yeah, so what I ended up, what I eventually ended up learning about myself mm-hmm. was that you, your mind can't be in two places at one time. And when you allow your mind to go into the future, that's where you visit these feelings of uncertainty, anxiety, the unknown, right? They all live in the future. And if you allow your mind to drift in the past, a lot of times our past is a reflection of, you know, not the greatest moments. You know, that's where our pain lives. That's Mm -hmm. where the depression lives. And, um, and when you allow your mind to stay in the present, it's a more, it's a more peaceful place to be at because you're not drifting into the anxiety or the depression. And, once I realized that that's what I was doing unknowingly, where I was allowing my mind to go into this place, I was able to then not allow myself to do that. I was able to recognize something that I was doing wrong. And that, that was my, excuse me, that was my issue. I was doing this unknowingly. So once I learned what I was doing, I was able to better control my thoughts and not allow myself to drift into the future all the time. Now, that's not to say that I don't think about it. Mm-hmm. But I don't spend as much time there as I used to anymore. Hmm. You know, it's kind of like um, I was gonna ask because you said I, you said I when I had that problem. So you're referring to it as past tense, which means yes. that you have. Are you implying that you have somewhat overcome it? And in here, you were saying that you realized that your mind can't be in two places at at once. Yes. How did you, how did you come upon that realization that, um, like. I think you knew that you were putting yourself in this state of anxiety, but how did you realize that you were like inflicting it upon yourself? Um, I was kind of like uh, I was on my phone and I was going through, uh, I guess my social media feed was going through this this algorithmic portion of where it was feeding me like a lot of uh, uh, self work um, mm. feeds, uh, posts and things like that. And I heard somebody speaking about this, mm. you know, about how we can we can cause this separation between our mind and our body mm. by allowing our mind to drift somewhere stir up these feelings and we're living those feelings in the present and they haven't even happened and they yet. haven't even happened yet yeah you know it's interesting that you say that and i asked you 
at the beginning of your, you know, what your inner conflict was and you and I asked you, you know, was there something particular that you were worried about and you said it was like financial freedom. So according to Mind Over Money survey by Capital One, the uh, 77% of Americans report feeling anxious about their financial situation. Americans are the most worried about their financial future, which includes not having enough money to retire at 68%, keeping up with the cost of living at 56%, and managing debt levels at 45%. The impact of the financial stress has Americans stretches on all aspects, saying that they feel fatigued, it's difficult for them to concentrate, they're having trouble at work, and they're also um, having trouble sleeping. Mm-hmm. And lastly, it's also causing stress on their relationships. And I can tell you firsthand that you struggle with the definitely the sleeping part. It definitely puts a little bit of a stress on our relationship because I'm probably the only person that can pick up on the fact that when you're going through these things and you, you know you almost look like a deer in the headlights because you are then in that future yeah you know and i can identify with all of that and, mm-hmm. and here's here's the fuckery right in all of this i i also realized that because i was spending so much time mentally in the future i was then i was I be, and because my mind could not be in two places at once while my mind was in the future i wasn't thinking about and focusing on the things that I'm supposed to be doing in the present. Yeah. So I'm taking time away from the mental focus that I need to put towards my daily things in front of me every day and spending it in the future. And 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 when I finally came to the realization that there's things that I need to tend to that are in front of me every day, when I did shift back focus into those things, I was pressed for time. I had spent way too much time thinking about other things and in the future. And then that in itself, when I'm back into focusing on my day to day and the near term things, I now need to like I'm pressed for time. Mm. And so that's also causing a level of anxiety and a level of stress. So it's I'm shooting myself twice in the foot by allowing myself to to stress about something that I really can't control, you know, on a daily on a daily basis. And then when I do focus on my daily things, I've. I'm short on time. So it's like, you know, I'm... Sh- I'm hurt- yeah, you're damned if you do, you're damned yeah, if you damned don't. Yeah, I'm damned if I do and I'm if I don't. So all of that together just made me realize that I really need to just focus more on the day-to-day, you know, keep my head down, take small steps at a time. Mm-hmm. And before I know, I look up and I'll have walked 10,000 miles, you know, and I may be at my goal, but, you know, worrying, stressing about things that I really can't control was just something that I was doing way too much. Sir, the serenity prayer. The serenity prayer. Yes, right? absolutely. Yeah. And so, I think you have come to the realization of you know what the difference is. Yeah, that was the breakaway for me. That was the breaking moment for me when I, you know, I like sat there and I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Isn't it amazing sometimes how you have these, I think what Oprah calls them, these aha moments. Aha moments, yes. And they're the most simplistic thought that comes to your mind Mm -hmm. and you will sit back and say to yourself, how did I never not think about this? How is it that I was allowing this to happen to me Yeah, and didn't like shift my mindset just ever so slightly that, you know, puts you in a totally different, you know, realm of thought process. Yeah. I, I unfortunately was triggered by that whole thing that happened at the, at the shop. And then, um, from, from then on I had developed this, uh, 
trait about myself that I didn't even know existed. And I felt victim to that because it was happening like, um, it was happening like almost instinctually. It was happening without me even knowing it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just constantly. I, I felt that because there was, you know, I felt that there was so many things that I could have did to have changed that situation. That moving forward, I spent so much more time thinking about future events and what I can do in the future so that that wouldn't happen to me. That I was just on this vicious cycle of just anxiety and stress and you know, ugh, God. I, I think what I find interesting is that, as you were talking. We definitely have a balance, you and I. And I will say that you are, we are a yin and a yang. You are very good at thinking about future endeavors for us as a family. And I'm really good at keeping us in the present. Mm -hmm. There are so many times where I have seen Evo, and like I said before, a deer in the headlights. And it's because he's in that thought process. He's so far ahead. And I can see the stress in your face that I pull you back to reality. And and I will then ask you, what is going on? What are you thinking about? And there's been many times where I've actually had to sit with you and, and for, have you write things down to get your mind back onto like planet Earth. Mm. Yep, that'll be me. I'll so, be drifting. <laughs> I think that, um, you know, I've been journaling lately. And one of the things that I have to journal, my first entry always is what am I grateful for? I'm very grateful that we have that balance because there is times where I have to bring you back to the present and there's times that you push me to think about the future. So, Hey, that's what they say opposites attract, right? I don't know for opposites though. I think we're very much alike in that and that aspect and that and that that aspect. We're opposites. So we, you know, we work well together Yeah, and that, you know, we, we, um, you know, you comp- I compliment you in one way, you compliment me in the other way, and together we make I think a, we the make only opposite I don't like is that evil's like uber giving, and I'm like, stop giving our shit away. <laughs> no, just joking. Go ahead. So um, did you already share with us what a solution is for that, or did you yeah, have this, something that yeah. you wanted to share? Well, I sh- what I shared was my solution was yeah. becoming aware of what I was doing. Mm. I'm hoping that, you know, in sharing this, that somebody else might be able to identify that they may be doing the same thing unknowingly. Mm. Yeah. Um, and it's worked for me. It's worked. It's worked wonders. I want to say I, I have I went from spending, you know, 20 percent in the present to 80 percent in the future to now mm. that 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 has shifted and reversed where I'm 80 percent more in the future and in the present. Look at me. I'm still talking about the yeah. future. Right? Uh 80 percent in the present and 20 percent in the future. And for me now, that's it's a comfortable balance. I I'm sleeping better. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm a lot less stressful on a and, day on a day to day basis. And men primarily are, are severely affected by um, improper sleep, but not to get too. Yeah. So well, I mean that, that just comes with the pressure and the stress of I guess being a man. Not to say that their women don't deal with mm-hmm. their own pressures, you know. But I feel like men are really hard on themselves, um, in their own way. Yes. You know. So another one that I dealt with uh, and. Not so much now, but one that I dealt with a lot when I was younger was uh, was comparison. Mm. I struggle with that now a lot. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, I don't. Um, but I can tell that now, in this day, more than ever, has, um, has there never been a society more under the influence of influencers? Mm. I, I feel like that, you know, the... Always comparing what you're doing to someone else has never been greater at any time, and I'm 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 
I'm thankful that, you know, I went through what I went through and I kind of like let go of that. But I can see how much harder it could be now in this day and age for people. And um, that saddens me, you know, because I know what I dealt with Mm -hmm. at that time where I was always feeling like my life was not great because I was comparing it to someone else's life Mm -hmm. or the things that I was doing for myself wasn't enough because somebody that I knew um, had something that I was working towards. And so those actions made me feel bad about myself, um, made me feel uh, sad and depressed and almost empty inside. And I've, and I always found myself at those moments chasing something to obtain because someone else had it because I saw somebody looking at that other person and acknowledging them and being impressed by what they were doing. And it was all because of the actions of the what the one person did that they did, that they were getting the acknowledgement of the other person. It was this wow factor that like that look at me and I got caught up in that and I wanted to be I wanted people to look at me. I wanted to like I wanted to be doing things where um, someone was was noticing what I was doing. And I spent a lot of time. And that was part of my me being very given. I felt that at, at that point in time in my life that if I was if I was in a situation where I felt content, if I had anything else, I didn't need it. So if I had extra, it was just very easy for me to give. And, and then that action itself made people like me. And so. Um, but then I came to this realization where I. One day I just looked at myself in the mirror and I saw what I was doing. I saw that, you know, that all the, all of those things that I was doing was very short lived. And I always found myself chasing that next thing that I needed to do to get that wow factor from other people. Mm. And so I, I stopped needing other people to acknowledge me for the actions that I did. And I started looking to myself for self-acknowledgement and self-reward in the actions that I did. I started, I started, I needed to impress myself. And so not needing that validation from other people broke me out of that chain of, of, um, wanting to compare myself to other people. Yes, of course there was goals and things that I wanted to achieve, but I didn't run to chase to get those things done just so that other people can look at me and, you know, put me in the spotlight. Yeah, according to Psychology Today, research shows that as much as 10% of our thoughts involve some degree of comparison. With the popularity of social media and how accessible other people's lives are these days, I wouldn't be surprised if the percentage was actually somewhat higher because you know it's based on a survey so it's only based on the people that they're serving and if people are really willing to admit that they are comparing themselves to someone that is not even truly in front of them someone that they are seeing virtually I'm on social media quite a bit and I can tell you firsthand that there are so many times that I read comments where someone is Uh, what is the word that I'm looking to use where someone is presenting how they live their life and it'll be seen as very lavish Mm -hmm. and I'll go into the comments and this is a comment that I see very often 
I thought that I was doing good in my life until I watched this video and then I was reminded of how poor I am or how bad I'm doing. I can't tell you how many times I've read that comment on many different facets where someone on social media is either showing like they're on vacation, what their house looks like, the type of food that they eat, you know, um, where they go to party, people that are maybe hundreds and thousands of miles away are sitting there saying, oh, what I'm doing is not good enough because look what this person is doing. Right. Not knowing the life that that person truly lives. There's this uh, quote, you know, a comparison is the thief of joy. And that's exactly what's happening when you compare yourself to someone else. You're removing your own personal joy and you think that, you will then find joy if you can potentially live your life like someone that you don't even know. Yeah, and um, in addition to that, I feel like that you know people nowadays are more likely to turn to social media for advice mm. and for guidance because you know, one professional care is just mind-blowingly expensive. Yeah. Um, and two, there's just a convenience behind it, you know, to be able to pick up your device and say, you know, and then, you know, the algorithm is kind of like feeding you things that you have interest in. But what in turn you're getting is, you know, is this tidal wave of information uh, by people who aren't qualified to give it to you. And so, like, <gasps> how do you sift through this shit, you know? And I think that that even sifting through it is like going is like trying to find a beautiful piece of clothing in the most or unorganized department store in the world and it's like you know you're trying to find a needle in the haystack and yeah. yes i mean there's i'm sure there's some value there but i mean just again never never has there been more of a time in our world that people are being given information by and misled by people who aren't really qualified to do so mm-hmm and so I feel it. I feel for like, it just, I think about it now and I'm like, fuck, I, I don't know how I would, you know, navigate through this, you know, knowing mm -hmm. that I had to navigate through what I did and, you know, the struggles that those times gave me, you know, what are the, what are the, what are the people nowadays going, you know, dealing with, you know, and, and it just, uh, you know. So what do you think is a solution for someone if they are finding themselves comparing, you know, having this yeah, self-comparison to people that they don't even know, or maybe people that they do know, because uh, I think that that also happens very often where you have friends and family that they are doing something in their lives that you find yourself saying, shit, I wish I could have that or be like that or look like that. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think that for me, when I think about this situation, it boils down to being one of two things. Mm -hmm. as, a, as a human being, you know, we can either be consumers or we can be producers. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that being a producer is better than being a consumer for for self-growth, right? If you're constantly you know, doing things that are productive for yourself, that in turn is going to grow you as a human being and you're gonna be able to live a more fruitful life by producing things for yourself. What I was, what I found was that I was spending way too much time consuming and not producing enough so being in this rut cycle where you're consuming all of this information and then you look at your own life and because you're spending too much time consuming not only are you not producing enough for yourself but based on all the information that you've consuming you're looking at your life realizing that you are not producing shit for yourself 
And so I believe that the, that if that dynamic is shift, just spend less time consuming and more time producing in the end, it'll work itself out. I think that the comparison uh, portion of what people suffer won't be as great because what you're looking back at is a bunch of production that you've done for yourself rather than all this consumption to make you realize that you haven't done shit for yourself. Um, I say this all the time, but Evo beyond his guru <laughs> shit. And I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you. And as you're saying in this, you are saying something that I just heard someone else say that was a fucking monk, which was Jay Shetty. Oh, really? Yes. But you are saying it the same but different. And you said it in the Evo way. And I'm going to tell you what Jay Shetty said. I'd love to hear it. And he talks about how people can find self-love, which is basically what you're talking about. Producing for yourself, loving yourself, doing for yourself, right? And he talks about how you can find yourself not comparing yourself to other people and living a more bountiful life is through self-love. And how do you achieve self-love? By doing hard shit yeah because when you put yourself to produce things for yourself you find it where you can look back and go yo i i'm doing this i'm putting in the work i'm putting in the time so regardless of what anyone else is doing around me or virtually i'm not concerned with that and i never was able to connect the two even though i do know i'm a person that wholeheartedly believes in producing and doing uh, it puts the mind in a state of seeking knowledge and seeking knowledge is fun and then at that same time like you said your mind can't be in two places at, at, at once so if I'm consuming if I'm excuse me if I'm producing for myself but I'm doing it by consuming knowledge for myself yeah I don't have time to be worried about what other people are doing because I'm growing, I'm loving myself, I'm 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 warding myself as a plant. Absolutely. And when I listened to him say that, I was like, God damn it, right? It sounded like some profound shit, right? And then I'm sitting sitting here listening to you, and I'm like, this fucking guy <laughs> is. I feel that. I like, feel it a hundred percent. I know, but I, I'm I'm fucking I'm so taken aback right now by you, Evo. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I'm just like. Well, listen in the sim- in the most simplest terms, right? Mm-hmm. When you consume too much, you it's not good for you. Not yet. only is it not good for you, but you become saturated. And who the saturated hell, fat? Who the hell wants to be saturated? Except you being anything that's saturated is is filled with more than it should have. Yeah. It is. It is. It is weighed down. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. It is just. It's heavy. That's not a place, a healthy place for a person to be in, not mentally, not spiritually, not emotionally. And this is why we said inner conflicts and how to free yourself. That's right. I fucking love that. <laughs> Thank you. All my fucking hair <laughs> and my arms stood up. Yeah, it's 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 been a it's been a long road. Yeah. But you know. Okay. A lot of self-reflection. I'm like, fucking we've, we've smiling talk- so hard right now, like I feel in my ears. We've spoken about that several <laughs> times on this show. That self-reflection yeah. is you know one of the most. Uh, rewarding things that you can do for yourself. Yeah, uh, I can also recommend a book for that too. Literally, Absolutely. it's just titled Awareness. All right. So and how are we doing? Do we still, we still have time? Uh, so we are about the forty-minute mark. Um, I think we can share one more quickly, and then we're gonna go into our intimacy cards, which is how we're going to be wrapping up every episode, where we ask each other random questions from this deck. All right. So, lastly, um. 
another trait that I I suffered from was um so lastly another trait that I suffered from that I felt like that you know really took a toll on me was uh was perfectionism. Mm. Now perfectionism is the is the state where it's almost like the refusal to accept anything less than perfection. Mm-hmm. And this can be a very evil place to live in because it doesn't allow for growth. It doesn't allow for um, things to be built on top of things. So, for example, you know, if when when I was going through this through this stage of perfectionism, I would do something, and because it wasn't perfect, I would never I would never execute it. Mm. I would never put it out there. Um, I would never want to let anyone see it so that I can get any feedback or critiquing. And what ended up happening was that the thing that I was trying to develop never ever came about because I always wanted it to just be perfect. I never allowed myself to go through the stages of what things need to go through to grow, Mm. which is like the, you know, the the beta stage the one point you know the the 2.0 stage the Mm -hmm. 3.0 stage and always building on something that uh was rough at the beginning but through time through work and correction and dedication and self-reflecting and going back and adjusting that over time it became perfect i became hyper focused on all these things around me that i saw other people doing that were perfect that i you know you never see their you never see their struggles. Yeah, you, you never see their failures. Yeah, you never see their failures. All you all you see is one day is someone putting out something that is amazing and you're just like, "Wow, I want to do that." And then you start kind of working and developing on your own thing and you want that to be as perfect as what you saw, not realizing all the work that went through it and all the work that you got to put into before you get to that stage. And also not even realizing that there may have been many versions of there not also not realizing that there be maybe many versions of what that person put out mm-hmm. that you've just never seen, but they're out there. Yeah. What, what you're seeing is the final product. I can actually speak firsthand to this. When we first decided to do this podcast, there was another podcast that I was a really big fan of. And I was like, yo, they out there putting out big numbers. And then I did some research into them just because I start I'm like that. I go into like these fucking holes of information. Like when I see a movie, I have to know everything about it. And I did some research and it was like their third version of a podcast. And here I am only consuming the third version, thinking that it's at this level of perfection. And I'm like, how do we do this at the same level of output? And then I look back and I'm like, oh my God, they had two other podcasts before this that were horrific. Exactly. And it really put things in perspective for me. And I constantly do that. There's times I even go back and look at some of our first episodes and I fucking cringe. I tell you what, you know what was really humbling was one time I saw a uh, an interview with Mr. Beast where he was talking about that his first hundred episodes were weren't, trash. Weren't, were trash. They weren't <laughs> shit. And I think right about this at that moment, we had we had just broke 100 episodes. Yeah. And, and he was like, you know, I have so many people coming to me, you know, stressed out about why they haven't achieved a certain goal in in you know in their um content production um journey that they thought they would achieve and he's like well how many how many you know videos have you shot and it would be under 100 and he's like fucking don't talk to me until you've reached 100 your first 100 are gonna suck yeah and i was like 
oh shit that hurts you know yeah. because you know here i'm thinking like wow we reached 100 episodes you know like wow like that's we're an, killing that's here. an achievement right <laughs> and then but you know looking back at something it really ain't shit and looking back at there's actually been you know other content creators that we've seen that never even made it to 100 episodes and so then just yeah and they, they gave, just they just gave it. up and so i'm looking at those and like okay wow we surpassed them so we're actually doing something and then mm-hmm. i see about this video of mr beast and it turns out we ain't doing shit yeah you know? so um, there's actually a rise in perfectionism and it's troubling because it's been linked to an array of mental health issues. There was a meta-analysis of like almost 250 studies where they found high levels of perfectionism were correlated with depression, anxiety, eating disorders, mm-hmm. uh, deliberate self-harm, and obsessive-compulsive di- disorder. The constant stress of striving to be perfect can leave people fatigued, stress, and suffering from like headaches and insomnia. And I don't know if you see the trend in like all of these things when you are hyper focusing on these like isms, comparison, perfectionism, futurism. It's constantly disrupting these other parts of your life that are essential sleep, eating, love, the real things that you need to, the the, the true things that you need to be feeding yourself to survive and and live a, a, I guess, what you consider like a harmonious life. And we're focusing on the these other things that are allowing us to put a set of self love, self harm on us. Yeah. Um, so what is our system lo- solutions for that? Um, also, by the way, uh, don't do a pre workout and then sit down and do a podcast. <laughs> so my solution to that was my solution to that was to just really stop being so concerned about what it was that other people were doing mm-hmm. um, and understand that, you know, what's funny, right? Is that I, I, I went through an experience mm-hmm. that w- has always been with me. That was a solution for this. And it wasn't until one day I had like an aha moment mm-hmm. and realized that this is what I should have been doing. Cause I did it at one time at a job. Mm-hmm. It all kind of like clicked for me. Which is, and so I used to work for, for a company mm-hmm. called Majesco mm-hmm. where they were, it was, I used to, I used to be a video game tester. Yeah. And, when they made a video game, they they gave you the beta version. It was the most crappiest, shitty version of the game. And your my job as a video game tester was that I had to put the video game on and I had to go through the game and I had to try to find any type of glitches, flaws that the board had. And my my job was to try to break the game, you know? And then so I would find all of the errors. I would send it back to development. They would fix them and give us version 2.0. And so, and it was just, it was that back and forth, that back and forth, that back and forth of, you know, um, slowly improving every version. Mm. And so my solution was to implement that into the things that I was doing. Stop being so focused on coming, you know, hitting a home run, right? And then take a base hit and then look at that, then then go back and look at that pitch that you hit for that base hit and think about how maybe you can hit it a little bit harder next time so that you can get the second base. You know, and then slowly improve on the moves that you make so that every move you make after that is stronger and better than your last. And so that and then essentially you will reach what you would consider to be perfect. Yes. I, I don't believe in perfection. Yes. I believe in what what suits you and yes. what you believe is good and perfect for you. And you'll have that moment where you'll be you'll be standing at a point in your life and you look back at the thing that you've just built and you'll put that last piece on it and you'll go it's fucking perfect yeah and that to me is perfection that's right. how you truly achieve it that's 
Fucking guru shit, Evo. <laughs> okay, so let's get into these cards because we right. have a few minutes left. Let's go. And um, I'm going to let you go first because you went first last time and you just pick a random card from the deck. I forgot what color I picked last yeah, time. It's right there in front of you, green. That's why I left it there. Oh, okay, so I don't want green this time. <laughs> you don't want green. No, I don't. I mean, we're going we're gonna to switch it around let's a little switch bit. switch it up? Let's okay. Go, let's go with yellow. Okay, now you pick. I feel like it's Or should I ask you first? Yeah, ask me first. All right. I don't got my glasses on. Uh, what is something you thought when we first met that you would no longer believe to be true? Hmm? What is something you thought when we first met oh. that you would no longer believe to be true? <laughs> I thought you were gay. Oh, shit. Yo, that's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And it was for the dumbest thing, too. Yeah, it's because Evil drank. And for anybody that's just listening and you can't see, I'm holding a glass. Yeah. And Evil used to drink drinks holding his pinky up. Yo, and that made me gay. I was like, uh, so he gay. may be gay. And you also weren't really like super into me but that's just how evo is that's his fucking swag I'm very reserved yeah so when it comes to my oh emotions. my god that's so funny <laughs> <laughs> that okay. was a good one yeah, yeah yeah so i'm gonna do i did purple i'm gonna do a blue one. <laughs> oh, fuck oh my god what's your biggest fear for this relationship uh my biggest fear for this relationship is what my my biggest fear in any relationship is is that my um my trust will be be betrayed. And it's so interesting that you say that because I just posted on an Insta story what your pyramid is as a Taurus man at, at the top of your pyramid. You know what the first box was? Trust. Trust. Yeah. It's it's my it's my biggest asset. It's your and, ultimate. And my and my biggest vulnerability because, you know, if it is pierced, it's like my Achilles heel. You yeah. know, that's the one thing like that I will give full heart wholeheartedly. And, you know, in hopes that there's a, uh, a, a trustful relationship that develops, yeah. but at the same time, that comes with an insane amount of risk. Yeah, I know this about you. We talked about this in therapy and I told the, the therapist, I was like, God damn it. Yeah. Well, I, I honestly believe that in relationships where there's no risk, there's no reward. Yeah. Um, in order to launch big ships, you got to go where the water's deep. And for me, if trust is my biggest thing, then I got to give the most amount of trust if I'm going to expect it in return. Agreed. And that is a... Perfect way to end this episode, Evo. Let's go. On that note, uh, like I always say, I always enjoy having this conversation with you. It's going to get out a little later than it usually does. Uh, we had some other shit in the work where we couldn't film at the time that it's we usually do. Life. But it's still going to get out on Friday. We here. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you are enjoying listening to Evo and I or watching us, please go ahead and hit that like button, that subscribe button, any button that you feel like you want to hit. Or if you would love to share our content with your friends and family or leave a review on any of our platforms uh, especially apple Podcasts, because that's where a lot of people consume our content which i understand through our analytics it's all greatly appreciated and it's all free doesn't cost you anything it might so, cost you a donation there's a button around there for that too <laughs> <laughs> uh but until next friday ladies and gentlemen peace out peace out